Hey, Josh. It's Thursday morning. Yeah, we're meeting a lot earlier than we normally we do. Are. Yeah. You got to get your teeth cut into whenever you yep. leave here. Mm, good times. I'm going to be uh, on, a, on a dentist chair during the time we normally mm. record the podcast. I know you'd rather do that than record a podcast. <laughs> but uh, So I, even have, I haven't had my coffee yet because you don't want to drink coffee right before you go to the dentist. Oh, I guess not. Like, yeah. Just for the... Unless you hate your dentist. Okay, I got you. I like mine, so... Right. Yeah. You want to, you you want to like your dentist. Right. I would think. Yeah. You want to do everything you can to make it a pleasant experience for them as well. There you go. You They're sure already, do. you know, elbow deep in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> elbow deep. <laughs> That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, last time I was there, um, I, I, you know, because I, I made the mistake of forgetting to go for quite a while right and uh and then when i did eventually go back like oh you got a couple cavities you need to take care of and right. all this stuff and and uh so one of the ones today is i'm getting a, an old crown repaired but anyway when i was there last time you know i got all the stuff in my mouth you know hold your mouth open they got like hoses in me and stuff like mm-hmm. that and uh all of a sudden uh, like i felt this little tickle in my nose and just immediately i start freaking out in my mind like oh my goodness what in the what if i sneeze right now like there is so much stuff inside my mouth and you know the the dentist is like six feet away from i mean six inches away from my face and um so i'm like doing everything i possibly can to like mentally will myself away from sneezing and i didn't sneeze thankfully but uh after it's all over and everything you know came out uh, i i asked the dentist like do do people ever sneeze when they're on on the dairy like oh yeah they do he's like uh a a lot of times you know they'll like start waving their hands around and we kind of figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. and we can just kind of like take cover run for cover (laughs) let everything happen and then reset It's like an explosion. Yeah. It is. I can imagine, you know, all that oh, stuff gosh. just like flying out. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, is interesting. Sneezing at the dentist. I never thought about it, but thanks. I probably will think about that now right? that I go to the dentist. Well, they, they've told me like, I'm, I'm one of the few guys that ask just like a ton of random oh, questions I'm while sure. they're like, Oh, what's that for? What's that for? Right. How does that work? What kind of RPMs okay. is that thing? Oh, I've asked that. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause they're, they're drills, you know, mm-hmm. it's pneumatic and it, uh, you know, water comes out of it too, because mm-hmm. it cools the bit while it, and it's, it's cool as an engineer. Cause that's like, this is it's like a machining. Yeah. Thing, right. You know, cause, uh, when you're machining, uh, uh, you know, metals and stuff like that, a lot of times fluid comes out of the bit to act as a coolant. Right. That's what happens here, which is why they have the vacuum hose in your mm-hmm. mouth the whole time. And mm-hmm. So that was super interesting to me. And I'm always asking questions like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I forget. You're the one that asks all the questions. <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right josh stop stop procrastinating we gotta yeah, get this sorry, done sorry. <laughs> no, no i'm saying that's what the dentist says to you <laughs> you come in and start asking questions yeah this guy does not want to get worked on he, he's supposed to ask trying to avoid those novocaine needles at that's the very right. beginning that's the only part i absolutely hate that's the part where i start to tense up oh is that right yeah, just uh, not necessarily because i i hate needles but mm-hmm. like it's it's you know, for something that's supposed to numb you, that, that numbs you as well as it does, it hurts like heck mm. uh, when they stick you with, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the face with these needles. You know, it feels like it's you know yeah. scratching the bottom bottom of your skull. Right. You know, <laughs> you, me- you remember getting the first um, 
uh, what was it? It was the first test for COVID that goes yes. in your nose. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was, that was not marketed correctly. Like, man, oh, oh, swab man. your nose. No, they, no swab. they, yeah, they, they stick it into your brain. <laughs> We're going to see where your brain starts. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, everybody's <laughs> eyes watered. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, my eyes watered every, I mean, I start. I'm, I mean, I'm already sick, mm-hmm. you know, and right. I went to one of those uh, COVID tents. You yeah, know, me too. Where, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're like out in the middle of a parking lot yeah. away from everybody. Everybody's, and, got, yeah. you know, you can't see who it is because they've got everything covered. On yeah. Their you know, very, very comfortable experience. Yes. But, you know, and, and they do this, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of times a day. So it's old, you know, old hat to them. They sit you down, shove that thing up your nose, <sighs> yank it around yep. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't too bad, was like it? They're stirring up know. your brain tissue, <laughs> yank that sucker out, and and even and to add insult to injury, you know, it came with uh, you hook up a little app or whatever you can track, you know, what yeah. the results are. It came back inconclusive. It could, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like three weeks later. This oh was gosh. at the beginning of the whole process. Yeah. It came back like three weeks later, inconclusive. I'm already over whatever I had, which mm-hmm. you know most likely was COVID because mm-hmm. I marked all the symptoms, which. You know, that's another debate, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> These symptoms look familiar. <laughs> kind of like I've, the flu. Something I've had before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but apparently it's called something else now. Yeah, but, uh, so. but yeah, so, yeah. Don't get me started on the whole. It was fun. Brain swab. It was fun getting that brain swab. <laughs> uh, but, hey, um, let's transition into Mother's Day. Okay. Mother, <laughs> smooth as I could go right there. Mother's Day was Speaking last week. Speaking of brain swabs, yeah. <laughs> it was Mother's Day last week. <laughs> it was Mother's Day last week. And here at Marcus Point, my goodness, we make a big deal of Mother's Day. We do. Wow. We give mother stuff. We give stuff away for Father's Day, uh, Mother's Day. And they're always, they're really nice gifts. I think the no. Father's Day gifts are cooler, but that's just because I'm a guy and they're catered, they're, you know, yep. catered to men. The last two, three years, we got knives. Yes. That was fantastic. Right. Fantastic. And in the la- last one, last knife we got, it had Sia on it. It sure did. sounds like super formidable, like, it, that's a, that's a, a, a tough thing to say on yeah. a knife blade. <laughs> but, um, it's just what Pastor says at the end of every service. A knife with C on it. It has C on it. And it has Marcus Point in the handle too. Yep. Nice, nice <laughs> knife. A lot of lot of lot of good stuff. In the in the uh, mothers, uh eighteen and over. I think it was it was a blanket this it time. It was a blanket yeah. this time, but I think it is it, correct me if I'm wrong. Um eighteen and over you could get a blanket if you were a mother or not, I believe. I'm not sure about that, but... Oh, yeah. You didn't have to be a mother to get a blanket. You okay. just had to be an adult. Right. Yeah. 18 years old. It's a nice blanket. I gave uh, my uh, wife one, my mother-in-law one, and I'm giving my mother one. I, I don't see her, but every two weeks or so, so I'm going to give her right. one whenever uh, I see her. But it's always nice to be able to yeah. hang your family member. Yeah, you know. And, you know, a, a blanket's cool. Uh, you know, it, you you know, my wife is always cold and mm-hmm. always got, you know, at least half a dozen blankets on <laughs> right. at any given time. My, my daughter as well. So for them, that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think it's a lap blanket, I think. I don't think it's a full. I haven't opened it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my wife's small enough. It's probably a full size. Yeah, blanket. there you go. There you go. <laughs> but we do all, all kinds of stuff. Pastor does the um, um, youngest baby 
or, or young uh, mother with the youngest kid. Mother yeah. with the youngest children. That's yep. kid. That's yeah. right. That's right. That that have already been born. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And, and it's always good. About three or four other awards, I think. Yeah. Um. So it's always a, a fun fun time. I remember years ago, a church I used to go to. Um, way smaller than, than Marcus Point. Um, you know, fewer than a hundred people or whatever. Everybody knows each other, you know, that right. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing the same thing, like, uh, uh, mother with the youngest child. And, uh, my wife was pregnant at the time. And so <laughs> I, I went lawyer on it, you know, and <laughs> like, uh, you know, is your baby younger than this many months? Is it younger than this many months? And it got uh, down really low and we kept raising our hand, raising our hand. And, uh, like, hasn't been born yet. So it's younger than any kid that's been born. You know? <laughs> that's right. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, if we're going to be consistent and <laughs> well, you wanted that prize, whatever it was in our, <laughs> in our assertion, I think it's like a gift card for, you know, something, yeah. but like, if we're going to be consistent in our mm-hmm. assertion that it's life before it's born. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, we have the youngest kid. How about it? <laughs> yeah. Did they buy? Was, I think, I think they did just cause it was a small church, right. you know, anyway, right. but, uh, you know, everyone kind of laughed at it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, Josh, you know, we're thankful, um, for, for our mothers, and I believe both of our mothers are still with us. Uh, she's not here right now. I mean, but yeah. she's on this earth, <laughs> yeah. right? She's on this earth. My mother is also. She's in Colorado. Um, uh, so we're, we're thankful for that. I know a lot of people have lost their mothers already, and sometimes mm-hmm. maybe it's not the um, the best day for them. Right. Uh, but uh, mothers in general um, can give us gifts that nobody else can can give. Mm-hmm. And I want to start off by talking about a, a gift that my mother gave me that nobody else could give. Uh, this was only not two, three years ago. I don't know. We were all sitting around talking uh, about whatever. And uh, my mother said that she um, went to visit somebody in the hospital and took me with her. And I was <clears throat> three, four years. I don't know how old it was, four or five years old. And or maybe uh, probably about seven years old. I think more. I think about it. Um, so we're walking in, and we go visit her her friend, and we're leaving, and uh, we visit uh, the children's department, which where the children are sick and all this. <clears throat> I do not remember this at all. Not not even the beginning of of memory. Just what she told me, and. Uh, not long after that, we we're getting rid of uh, some of my toys. We we're going through them, getting rid of them, and I and I told her I wanted to bring those toys to the the toys I was getting rid of to those children. I don't have any memory of that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it 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 I'm saying this to 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 prove a point that even before we have concrete memories of things, God has put stuff in our hearts to be. A certain way, I think. Yeah. Maybe we're we're um, we lean to be a certain way, you know, an, an overachiever or a giver or a taker or whatever it is. Um, and, and for some reason, look, I mean, I'm I'm almost sixty years old. And I'm in ministry, right? And I've been in ministry almost all my life, and or or um, social work, something mm-hmm. like that, and. That sounds like a social worker's heart, you know what I mean? Whenever yeah. uh, you're, you want to give your toys to sick kids, right? You know, it it, it just sounds like that. It confirmed to me. Well, the, I'm in the right. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I took the right path that he wanted me to be on somehow, and uh, in, instead of 
wanting to make a whole lot of money. It was more important to me to to give something. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But it just it made sense to me that 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 uh, that she brought me up that way. Mm-hmm. And nobody else could have ever told that story to me because yeah. nobody was there. I've never heard it. I've never heard anything like that before. Um, but but that was a gift that she gave to me that that I wanted to thank her for. Mm-hmm. I remember when I when I was a kid. You know, speaking of you know sort of the legacy that our our, our moms leave in us. Um, you know, growing up, my mom was. Uh, I I grew up in church. You know, my mom and dad took me to church every week and all that kind of stuff. My mom was always uh, involved in some aspect of the uh, ministry of the church. My dad, to a lesser extent, because he was, uh, you know, truck driver. And, and so it, that sort of limited what he could and couldn't do. But um, he was always, uh, you know, the, the, the supporting one. But uh, my mom, um, you know, when whenever there was sort of a, a need for something to happen in the church. My mom was often one of the ones that people would go to first because she was very versatile. Like she, at one time she was uh, the secretary of the church, uh, treasurer. She taught Sunday school, uh, you know, all different age groups. Uh, she uh, led uh, children's church. She wrote, you know, uh, like Easter plays for the church. She uh, did uh, ran a puppet ministry at one time for wow. the church, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. And uh, just a, an extremely broad range of versatility there. And I remember, you know, as a young adult starting to you know, have my own family, get involved in church and everything. And I was usually right along there with her because, you know, she needed she needed someone to, to assist. Right. And so I was, uh, you know, immediately available. So I was always involved in these uh, the, these different things, too. And then growing up as an adult, I have my own family, starting to get in our own, uh, you know, our, our church and put down roots and everything. That sort of legacy continued. Like whenever there is, I, I used to joke with people like, you know, what, what do you do at church? I'm like, well, kind of like wood putty. If there's a gap that, you know, needs to be filled. <laughs> I, I tend to be the one to fill it, you right, know, right. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I've yeah. taught Sunday school, all different ages. I've been a Sunday school superintendent as a treasurer, as a sound guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, helped a, a, a small church, uh, build a puppet ministry, you mm-hmm. know, cause mm-hmm. I had that experience to fall back on, yeah, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, taught different uh, classes and even, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting to see like, I always joke with my mom, like some of the frustrating things that she used to make me do, like cut out, you know, um, 50 sets of craft packets for, you know, kids, mm-hmm. you, know, right, <laughs> uh, right. you know, out in the shed. Um, I, I now do that in, in other stuff that I get involved with in ministry or, mm-hmm. you know, like that too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of neat to look back on right. that and, and see how that legacy. Yeah sort of kept going that's sweet she was you were being prepared you didn't even know it yeah yeah i was uh, in ministry training from yeah, a very early age sure and were. didn't know it how about that <laughs> well i think from both of us we thank our moms for that yeah definitely for sure um and uh pastor godfrey did a, a sermon on mothers yes the uh, the um, what was the, the passage, Josh? Uh, well, he, he uh, took a lot from Proverbs 31, right. uh, which, you know, the, the book of Proverbs is uh, often credited to um, Solomon, right. King Solomon as its authorship, because he was known as a you know, pretty, pretty smart guy, pretty wise mm-hmm. guy. And, um, and so, you know, in his traditional Mother's Day uh, message, you know, pulling from Proverbs 31, moms have the best hearts, uh, you know, and what, what's 
what's cool about Proverbs 31, you know, and he even kind of joked about this at, at the beginning, like, oh no, Proverbs 31 is going to be a, uh, you know, one of those sermons, you know, as soon as uh, someone mentions Proverbs 31, all the women are like, oh, come on, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> right. you're going to be preaching <laughs> us again. But, uh, <clears throat> but no, it's very encouraging, you know, uh, challenging moms, like, uh, do you have a spiritual heart? Um, are, are you hardworking? You know, do you, um, give a hand, do you, are, are you generous? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. And, I kind of wanted to uh, sort of continue on that track. And, you know, speaking of, you know, like what we were just talking about, the the legacy of mothers, uh, talk about one of the mothers uh, in the Bible that oftentimes gets glossed over. Um, And uh, and it really starts in in the book of Ruth. And um, Mm -hmm. so just a little bit of background where – the book of Ruth occurs. So you have, um, let, let's, let's start with, you know, Israel, they're in bondage in Egypt. Uh, they get delivered. There's those, you know, the 10 plagues and all that stuff. And, and Egypt gets, I mean, uh, Israel gets delivered from slavery in Egypt and, uh, they, that, that occurs under the leadership of Moses. And so, uh, under, under the leadership of Moses, you know, they go to Jericho the first time, doesn't work out. Uh, their, their lack of faith results in, in God having them wander around the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, and, and at the end of that, that's when uh, Moses passes away. Joshua takes over as leader. Uh, they enter the promised land and they start to, um, you know, drive out all of the all of the pagan nations that occupied there, the Canaanites. Right? Um, this is the land of Canaan, and you know, they come back to Jericho again. The walls of Jericho come tumbling down, and right. that's sort of like the first uh, stop on this campaign of driving out all of the, the, the pagan inhabitants of that area and Israel coming into possession of it. Joshua, you know, his, his life goes by, uh, he passes away, and there's a period between the end of Joshua's life and when Israel start to have kings that they're um, not necessarily ruled by judges, but um, the, the leadership role in Israel is uh, these series of judges. And and Israel sort of went through this cycle in, in the time of the judges because they didn't have that that leadership like that strong leadership like Joshua, whatever. And so one of the one of the things that Israel always struggled with was they always desired to be like the pagan uh, uh, nations around them, and they would fall into idolatry, fall into uh, the the rituals that the pagan uh, uh, nations would do, um, e- even going so far as to part as, as to like participating with them, marrying into them, and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, stuff that God had warned them about uh, from from the beginning. And so Judges, the book of Judges is sort of um, summarized by saying this is a time when uh, Israel did that which was right in their own eyes. Uh, They didn't do that which was right. They just followed their own lusts and and did what was right in their own eyes. And, And it was this constant cycle of uh, of devolving into paganism uh, being 
punished as a result of that, coming back to God under the leadership of a judge for a time. And then once that judge left the scene, they started to devolve into that, into, into paganism again, uh, became, you know, would would fall into bondage because of that, mm-hmm. uh, would cry out to God, God would deliver them, then another judge would come. And, uh, you know, it, they, they went through these cycles all throughout the book of Judges. Well, the book of Ruth starts out by saying it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So it starts out by saying the book of Ruth happens during the time of the judges. And it was, uh, it starts out during a period of time where there was famine in, uh, uh, in the land of, um, in, in the, in the land where, where the book of Ruth uh, is going to be happening, which is uh, Bethlehem, Judah, the, the the area that was given to the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. And so there was a famine in the land, and that famine caused uh, this this one family in particular, uh, a, a guy named Elimelech, um, caused him to have to go elsewhere to find food to survive, right? And that was kind of a kind of a weird thing because, you know, each family was given land that that was their inheritance and it was going to be their inheritance for for all of time. It was tied to that family line. <clears throat> and uh, and yet they had to leave that land and and go to uh, somewhere else to find food and they they went to the land of Moab, which couple decades prior, Israel was fighting against Moab because Moab was one of these pagan nations. And, um, and so, you know, as, as, as time went on, uh, Elimelech, you know, he had two sons, uh, Malan and Chilean, and, uh, they both, uh, married two Moabite women. Um, uh, one was, um, one was Ruth and one was Orpah. And so this is where we get the name of the book, Ruth, right? Because Ruth is this Moabitess woman who has married the son of someone from the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> the two sons end up dying, and Ruth and Orpah become widows. And uh, not only that, but Elimelech uh, dies as well. So you have these three women, Elimelech's wife, Naomi, and the two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, uh, these three women who are in the land of Moab, uh, they're widows, and they have they have nothing. All right, and so they have no choice but to go back to uh, you know this is this is years later. They have no no choice but to go back to their hometown of Judah, um, and try to live off the the benevolence of the people that mm-hmm. live there. Right, mm-hmm. their own their own family, pretty much, right. um, because they they uh, uh, Naomi or Elimelech uh, was from the tribe of Judah. So <clears throat> they go back, and, and for those of us who have uh, grown up, you know, listening to this uh, this story in Sunday school or whatever, this account uh, that, that happened uh, in the history of, of Judah, uh, we remember Ruth, uh, go, you know, Orpah left and, and went back to her home of Moab. Uh, Ruth and Naomi... Um, went back to Judah. And, and Ruth, here's Ruth, a uh, Moabitess, um, who's a widow and, and, and she's, uh, she, she's put in this position now where, um, she is subject to the tradition and the law of, uh, of her 
in-law family, mm-hmm. right? Because they're they're in uh, the land of Judah now. This is Israel. They're they're bound by the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, all this stuff, and and so <clears throat> what's really neat about this is there were provisions for not only uh, how to take care of people in need. That's where that's where we see Ruth going to the field that this guy Boaz owns, and uh, Boaz noticing uh, that that she and Naomi are there instructs his men to leave a little extra, you know, when they're harvesting, leave a little extra off to the side so yeah. that they can, it was called gleaning, right? Gleaning. Um, if, if, you know, some, uh, some wheat or barley or whatever that happens to fall off the wagon, yeah. you're not allowed to pick it up. You, you leave it there uh, and, and you don't, you know, scrape the ground clean. You know, whatever's left there is there for people to glean from. So yeah. the, the needy can come and they can have a means of, of surviving mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. food available. And so th- this is, you know, the famine is over, the land is starting to produce again, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so Ruth is, uh, uh, Ruth is gleaning in this field, and Boaz notices her, and she catches his eye, and she and he he instructs his men leave a little bit of extra off to the side for that lady over there, you know. <laughs> and so we sort of see this romance start to develop, and yep. um, and, and so come to find out, uh, Boaz is related to uh, the uh, Elimelech, you know, uh, Naomi's husband. Yeah. They're, they're all family. Because remember, this is the this is the, the land that the family of Judah inhabited. In fact, Boaz comes from a, uh, from a family that's very important in, in the tribe of Judah. They, uh, his family was like the, the leader of the tribe of Judah. Okay. And um, so as, as Ruth goes on, you see this romance develop between Ruth and Boaz. And, and Boaz, the entire time, acts very up, uprightly, very uh, very honorably in right. this whole thing because mm-hmm. there, there's rules when it comes to, well, one of my relatives passed away and has a widow. Um, you know, it, it was often that it was this idea called the, the near kinsman. It was the near kinsman's responsibility to take uh, to take care of that widow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be either through uh, through uh, taking that widow as your wife or uh, just uh, supporting that widow or, or whatever. And uh, well, <clears throat> this romance that was developing, uh, it, it was progressing fairly quickly. And uh, come to find out, uh, Boaz was a uh, was a kinsman of Ruth, uh, of, of Ruth's uh, uh, husband that had passed away, her late right. husband, and um, and so there's like, oh, well, this is cool. They already like each other, you know. That you know, we can see this developing, but uh, there was a problem. There was a, a, another relative that was nearer to uh, right. to Ruth and yeah. Boaz, and so Boaz had to approach this nearer kinsman and say, "Hey, there's a situation. Technically, you have dibs, uh, mm-hmm. and so uh, if if you're cool with it, you know, this this is your responsibility. But if not, I'm more than happy to take on this this responsibility because he liked Ruth anyway. Right. Uh, yep." And so, uh, because that nearer kinsman either couldn't or wouldn't uh, take on that responsibility, now that fell to, to Boaz, which was cool because he wanted it anyway, right? right? Yes. Uh, and so we see him and Ruth getting married and all that stuff. And so, uh, but it is cool because, like, th- like I said, this is during the time of the judges when Israel as a whole is characterized as being a nation that does what's right in their own eyes. In their own eyes. Yeah, That's the yeah in their own eyes. Uh, sort of like 
what's their truth, you know? Right. <laughs> not what is true, yes. not what is right, but what do they think? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so on. So, uh, but but Boaz is sort of the exception to the rule. He's a guy who is acting honorably in everything that he does. He's he's uh, following that that which God has set up for the for the nation of Israel. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about Boaz in this conversation about a mother that's often glossed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, where did that where did that integrity come from? Where did that legacy come from? And 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 this isn't even a, a talk about Ruth herself. It's about Boaz's mother. Mm-hmm. Who was Boaz's mother? Well, when when you look at the genealogies, and even in the uh, end of Ruth, um, it talks about, um, yeah, this is after the wedding between R- Ruth and Boaz, uh, and uh, you know everyone's wishing them, uh, you know, to have a happy marriage and a great life and all this stuff, and it, <clears throat> it says this uh, at the very end of Ruth. Now these are the generations of Perez, which um, was the son of Judah. So this is the tribe of Judah. We're about to get the the genealogy of the person Judah that the tribe was named after. Okay. <clears throat> What's the chapter and verse of that? Uh, this is Ruth four uh, verse eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yep. These are the generations of Pharaohs. Pharaohs begat Hezron. Hezron begat Ram. Ram begat Aminadab. Aminadab begat Aminadab begat Nashon. Nashon begat Solomon. Solomon begat Boaz. Boaz begat Obed. Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David. This is King David, right? Jesse, the father of David. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so, so let's. Rewind a little bit. Look at Boaz's dad, Solomon. Not Solomon, but Solomon. Solomon. <laughs> yeah, Solomon. Okay. Uh, it's spelled like salmon, but uh, right. Solomon, right? Yep. Um, it sure is. Yep. Yeah, he probably got made fun of when he was a kid for that, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but who was is, who is Solomon? So we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the, the, the brief history of Israel when they came to uh, Jericho the second time, right? There was um, the, the two spies that went in. Uh, well, two of the 12 spies that went in the first time, Joshua and Caleb, right? Yes. Um, they came back and they were the only ones that said, yeah, we can take this place. God told us it's ours. You know, mm-hmm. everybody else was afraid and Israel followed the fear. And that's why they wandered for 40 years in the mm-hmm. wilderness. They come back after 40 years. They, uh, you know, uh, spies are sent in again and they meet this lady named Rahab who is described as a harlot. Rahab. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, so Rahab, not an Israelite, not Hebrew. She's an Amorite because she she lives in uh, the city of Jericho, uh, lives in the wall of Jericho. <clears throat> well, uh, we remember that 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 account, right? Rahab she. Uh, helps the spies hide from people who are searching for the spies. And she really is instrumental in, uh, in, in that, uh, whole situation between uh, Jericho falling to Israel, right? Israel marches around the city, yeah. yells, the walls fall down. Uh, Rahab is saved through all that stuff. <clears throat> Rahab, uh, joins Israel. She leaves her homeland of the Amorites and she joins Israel she ends up marrying a guy named Solomon, mm-hmm. uh, who happens to be the, the father of Boaz. So who is Boaz's mother? It's Rahab, Rahab. from Jericho, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you look at 
the difference between Boaz and the other people around him, which are doing that, which is right in their own eyes. I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm reading between the lines, but there has to be a legacy there that goes to his mother because right. his mother left the paganism mm-hmm. that the rest of Israel kept trying to pursue. Yeah. And so passing that legacy on to Boaz, I can see Boaz as a young kid. And here again, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, mm-hmm. but I can see Boaz as a young kid or a teenager saying like, no, all my friends, you know, all my friends are doing this. Yeah. Uh, and, and Rahab saying, I don't care what your friends do. I came from that. I know the dangers of that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to follow in those footsteps. You're going to follow. You know, I left that to follow the one true God. You're going to do the same thing. Interesting. You know, and here again, I, I say that sort of tongue in cheek, reading mm-hmm. between the lines or whatever. But there, there has to be a legacy there because Boaz's mother was the lady that left the paganism that the other Israelites were pursuing mm-hmm. during the entire course of Judges. How about it? So you know. Happy Mother's Day, Rahab. Yeah, uh, right. For sure. <laughs> That's right. Wow. That's interesting. Interesting story. And in, in, uh, um, what's that show, that movie I was, wa- I was watching? Chosen. The Chosen. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like something that would be in The Chosen. Yeah. Because it's not really, it's not in the Bible, but can be inferred. Right. You know. Uh, but, but I think it's I think it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, the legacy doesn't stop with Boaz because, you know, at, at the end of the book of Ruth, it talks about Boaz being uh, was it the, the uh, great-grandfather of King David, um, David's son being Solomon, Solomon writing, uh, writing the, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 31 being part of that. Yeah. Um, you know, so Rahab's legacy went went for generations. Yeah, Rahab's sure. legacy, she had a role to play in the writing of Proverbs 31. How about that? Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good, Josh. Yeah. That's not a, a a Mother's Day sermon you're going to hear much about, but I think it, it's a perfect one, though. It's really good. It, it's it's cool to see how all these things work together. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's thousands of things like that in the Bible. Oh, yeah. That, that you can um, either infer or make sense or uh, or even just outright says, you know, that, that continues to uh, to prove itself right. um, uh, to be the, the, the words of God. It also kind of explains why uh, Boaz was so comfortable uh, marrying someone who wasn't uh, Hebrew. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe he, so. He went for someone like his mom. Right. How about <laughs> it? <laughs> I like it. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Um, is there uh, anything else you want to talk about before we go today? Before you go get your... I mean, I would love to talk about I know a you ton would. of stuff because then I won't have to go to the dentist. But, I know. It. Uh, <laughs> you kind of kind of have to get out of here, yeah. don't you? Well, we appreciate everybody listening and um, we will be back next week and uh, and, and talk about something else yep. um, long form and uh, you know what? People can always uh, write in, send us uh, things that they want us to talk about. We yeah. want to go into deeper detail about something. Is, is there a way to, uh, I don't know how the, the different podcast platforms work, but is there a way to comment on a podcast? There is. Ah, so Absolutely. yeah, comment on the podcast, yep. however that does, however that works. Well, wherever and you <laughs> listen to your podcast, you can go in and uh, go to the episode, and at the bottom there are ways, um, there's ways to, to, to comment. Um, so you could go on to an episode and sometimes I have a, um, a question in there. Uh, you can actually call, you can call us, 
uh, leave a voice message. Just look in your um, in wherever you get your podcast, and there's, there's ways to do that. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> feel free to do that. Speaking of which, you can, you can always look up our church stuff, uh, yep. PensacolaChurch.org. Um, we have information on uh, upcoming events. Um, what the church believes, uh, information about our other campuses. We have one in uh, in Pace and in um, Beulah. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can, you can call us, 850-479-8337. We also have an email, info at marcuspointbaptist.org. Don't forget the E after point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel, uh, you know, Marcus Point Baptist Church, Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's... Uh, several different ways of getting in touch with us, seeing what's going on, finding more information about us there you uh, go. in case you want to do some reconnaissance before you visit. And you can uh, visit at 6205 <laughs> North W Street yep. uh, Sunday morning. Um, two services. What time are those services, Josh? Uh, 9 o'clock and 1045, I believe. There you go. Yep, yep. that's right. 9 o'clock and And then uh, if you want to visit me and Destry, we're in the gun club. There Wednesday night, 630, room A102. And we had a good time last night cleaning firearms. Yes. It was good. We're yep. going do it next week also so the uh, week from yesterday um today is the may 18th so we're going to be there doing that and we do, do that kind of thing throughout the year yeah. um god and guns we did uh um how to safely clean a firearm last night, and then we transitioned over to talking about the legacy of Coral Works. Sure did. <laughs> Transition right over yeah. to that, don't we? <laughs> Which sounds like a funny thing to do, in the, right? In the Bible, but it is appropriate. We, yeah, we do. We do deep dives in there. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, thanks, Josh. Appreciate yep. it. Had See fun. you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>